You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is Grant. And today, we're talking about racism. Again! Again. But not just racism, we're going to be talking about colorism, racist thinking, and the popular reality dating franchise, Bachelor Bachelor in Paradise. Paradise. Which, by the way, Mike, what do those three things have in common? I think it's important to highlight how racist thinking can affect our words and actions even when we least expect it. So how do we solve that problem? The best way to do that is to talk about it. So let's talk about it. Let's go. Okay, so before we dive deep into our racist conversation. The conversation's (laughs) already going to be racist, we just know. About racism. Racist Uh, conversation about racism, nice. There you go. I first wanted to give a shout out to all the people who listen to the podcast. It's so great that you listen, and I appreciate you so much. I only do this because I think it's important to have these conversations, and knowing that there's people out there that are engaging or excited about having these conversations or even using them as springboards for their own personal conversations within their house, their workplace, their friendships. I think that's awesome. So we got people like... In the United States, of course, (laughs) but we got Canada, got some people in Europe, like Switzerland and, I don't know, England and stuff like that. And I'm like, damn, y'all listening to me way over there? Like, holla at me. Give me your number and some shit. I'm trying to get hooked up. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But yeah, there's people just all over uh, listening to the podcast, and I think that's great, and I appreciate it. That's really awesome, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked that we have gone international, but then again... Right? Why not? Do we need to learn a different language so we can just start saying stuff in other languages? Like, I feel like it's hard to learn another language in Switzerland because they already speak like three different languages there. Yeah, they already got me beat. Yeah. But yeah, that's really amazing. Uh, thanks, everyone. And uh, we, ha- we actually get some, some fan messages from people from time to time. Typically, we'll answer those privately, but we, we thought it'd be kind of fun to show our appreciation to everyone listening to start answering some questions anonymously, of course. But uh, on on the podcast. On the podcast. Yeah, why not? Uh, Like, I'll start. We have this first question. This one is, I mean, because the questions always don't pertain to an episode. Sometimes they're just kind of random. So we got this one recently, and I thought it was great. It's from someone named Dave. (laughs) That's what we'll call him. The, Uh, the, the, The name is obviously fake. The names are fake, but the questions are real. Uh, why does society celebrate mediocre male artists like Drake and Kanye? Ooh, isn't that isn't that heavy? Because Drake and Kanye are the topic of conversation right now. Well, also, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Are they mediocre? Uh, I got I gotta ask. I gotta I gotta devil's advocate. This person probably has. There's probably their personal opinion that they think they're mediocre. Okay. Uh, but I will I will agree that like. In comparison to some of these other people that are coming out with music, whether it be a lot younger than them or women or, you know, people of other nationalities and stuff like that, that different languages and bilingual, trilingual and stuff that are coming out with music, their Drake and Kanye stuff in comparison to what they've originally released is kind of mediocre. It's not like it's not like they really have done anything that's groundbreaking now. They they, they broke the ground already. Yeah, that's and now they're true. Just, now they're just walking on the broken ground. They're not. They're not continuing to be groundbreaking. Well, then, I mean, would you say that we celebrate them just because they're already here? I guess I don't know. I don't know who's into them. Like, I guess a lot of men are really into them. That's what's weird. Like, I, I get that women into Drake because he sings like his certified lover boy. You know, he's like R and B, and he gets all like 
you know, be things like to the women. But I don't understand why people, men are so obsessed with both of them. Especially like the hyper-masculine, the baby, you know, we hate the gays type men. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that could probably be chucked up to toxic masculinity, which yeah. I'm sure is, plays a factor in all of this. So I who mean, do you like better, Kanye or, or Drake? This will well, decide how, like, our friendship right here. Okay, the thing is, for a long time, I would have said Drake. Ah. Oh. Because Drake was, I don't even know if I like really, really liked Drake that much, but there was like a couple songs of Drake's that I was just obsessed with. But then Life of Pablo came out and that changed a lot for my Kanye feelings. But then the last four years of Kanye came out and that also <laughs> changed a lot of my feelings towards Kanye. Man, Kanye... So, yeah, uh, it, he's very he's very complicated. But for a long time, I thought he was very overrated, just because I didn't think he was that good of a rapper. Like everyone knows he's a good producer, but I didn't think he was, his lyrics were that good. I don't know personally. Yeah, I I think his lyrics are all right. I think as a producer, like the the sound he creates was a lot was greater than his actual lyricism. I, I kind of agree. I mean, I'll, I'll, with the exception, like we said, like of his first albums, which were really really great. Yeah, um, I will. What do you? This yeah, is what's the thing. Your, I'm. It's hard for me because what? Well, I will say, and I will call people out, is that I think this, this, whatever this, you know, I idealistic, uh, thuggish, you know, black rapper hip hop persona that people love, that are that are all their fans, you know, like like the like that that the really like the grungiest, you know. Hood is the most masculine hood rapper. You know, those guys that like Drake right. and Kanye, I'm like, you only like them because you're desired to be like them. And what makes me mad is that Drake and Kanye have more in common with people like me who are bullied for for the way I grew up or the way I acted. And then Kanye and Drake are celebrated for it. The reason why I'm saying that is because Kanye, when he first came on the scene, he was like wearing, you know, his like goofy hats and his and his sunglasses his weird sunglasses right. and his backpack and he was like this like I'm kind of like a nerdy preppy uh guy from the suburbs but I'm also a rapper. I got teased for that, you know, being whitewashed and all that shit from like black people. Right. Um and then Drake, we already know he was on the grassy. He was he <laughs> he everyone got mad when he said he started from the bottom now we here because he didn't start from the bottom. He was mm-hmm. from the suburbs and all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, see, these guys are being celebrated for living the life that I had when I as a kid. I grew up very similar to them. And so it's like, oh, is this thought this is actually celebrated? Not it's not treated like a, a bad thing anymore so that makes me feel better about why people bullied me <laughs> back then is because it was out of jealousy it wasn't actually because like i was a shitty person or i was a loser you know what i thought when i was younger so yeah. that i will say by having those same similarities to drink and kanye it's hard for me to pick one or the other because i love the grassy so and like, i would also say like neither of those guys in my opinion are the most masculine of the masculine like hood rap type, they sure type artists. Kanye like, wore a skirt, so... A I, lot of people made, used to make fun of Drake, too, for being like... Like, there was that whole thing where it's like, oh, Drake would be like... Like, Drake would make a song about getting cheated on and be like, why is it my fault? Like, kind of like talking about him as like a cuckold and stuff. Yeah, they make fun of him. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, lot, it's a mess. Men are a mess. Men are... Pretty men are, much. We're, we're a complicated so why mess. So why do we celebrate mediocre men? Because just men are confused. Yes. That's why. I think men are celebrating mediocre, mediocre men. 
Yeah, that's what I'm gonna. I'm it's gonna, it's like reverse, uh, uh, like bring us all up from the bottom type thing. Like if we make the most mediocre of us like the best, then we all are raised up. Yes, it's like the bare minimum. It's it's when yeah. men will applaud like, oh my gosh, look at this dad. He like. Gave his kid a piggyback ride. He's he the best up. dad he ever. Was there. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, that's the bare minimum. But that is, yeah. Uh, celebrate mediocrity. Yeah, that is celebrated. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, cool. You, pick, you picked uh, Drake? I would say... I haven't listened to either of these guys' new albums, so I'm a fake fan. I choose, I choose Don Glover. <laughs> no, good choice. <laughs> I, I choose Kendrick Lamar. There you go. There we go. Yeah. So that's our answer. I would say that's that's and that's you and I right there. We don't celebrate mediocrity. They're doing great. Yeah. Um. Oh, let's well, another question from Jeremy S. This is the name that he actually gave me. Uh, Jeremy. But it's also probably a fake name. What's with all the fire on the west and the water on the east? This a metaphor, or that, like literally. I think it means literally. It says in in a Seinfeld voice. Uh, so. Got fire on the west and water on the east. Uh, I mean, our disregard for climate change yeah. and creating sustainable systems that will allow us to have the infrastructure to respond properly, correctly, and efficiently to any crisis that occurs in any state, whether it's California, New York, Texas, Florida. We are aware of how the weather patterns work. Meteorologists have been telling us for years. Scientists have been telling us this for years. We even have data and information that lets us be aware that things are coming. Like These hurricanes and stuff, they don't just appear magically one day. There's there's stuff that lets us know. But if we continue to live in a society where we're like, I'm unsure if a scientist is telling the truth or not, then you're going to constantly be dealing with these issues of being blindsided, quote unquote, because you were ignoring the, the facts and information. Yeah. It's so. kind of like the, the social contract uh, is broken. So there's no like there's a lot of disregard for things that like could be much better and much more streamlined if we all worked together. But because we're not in that place, it's it's getting worse. Maybe we'll pass. Maybe we'll pass some bills. In the U.S. at least, get some new investments going, but I don't know. That 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 path seems like it's getting narrower, and narrower yeah. every week. I mean, this is these are like partly opinion, but like you know, just a generic answer. I would also just say the world's fucking ending. That's why there's fire in the west and the water in the I mean, east. Like nineteen years, the world is fucking falling apart. Like, yeah. cause it's falling apart because we are falling apart as human beings, and I feel like we are the fabric and the groundwork that keeps it flowing. So yeah, we're the gardeners, and if the gardeners like tripping, then yeah, the garden's gonna get out. Of shepherds, yeah, the shepherds are tripping. Uh, yeah, that's probably. But well, are the shepherds tripping because they're on LSD and they'll come down, or are they tripping because like it's a deeper issue? So that was that was interesting. That was like patriarchy and climate change. I guess that's what people are into yeah. at the moment. I mean, even if it wasn't that, we we're gonna always tie it into some serious issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can ask us something like generic and normal, like "What do you like for breakfast?" and we'll tie it into like yeah. some systemic we'll issue. With explain how Golden Grams is like actually part of the patriarchy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now I'm thinking about it. How could that? Fruit Loops, come bears. on now. Smacks, come on. Uh, <laughs> they're so stupid. But yes, if you want to send us questions or you want to get involved, and we're always taking questions. I normally answer them in the email or privately, but I will start answering them now on the podcast. You can email us 
at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Or you can go to my personal Instagram, which is just Mike Thompson, my name, because I had that shit since it opened. And humble brag. Hey, I'm an original. I'm a hipster of Instagram. Or you can also go to the Instagram for the podcast, which is Black Man Right World. Yeah, send messages there. They will be anonymous, even if you send it from your personal personal account. We will change your name. I won't call you out like that. You can ask whatever you want. You can even call my black ass out. All right, what brought me to this conversation? I was recently watching an episode of Grownish, which is Kenya Barris's like spinoff from Blackish, starring Yara Shahidi, and she has like a very multicultural group. You know, there's like her friend, her white friend, who is she's bisexual and she has a baby and she's like a young student. Uh, there's another friend, he's like supposed to be Indian, but he's portrayed by like a Filipino actor. I don't know, Hollywood's still trying to get that right. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, there's there's black people, white people, there's di- people of different shades and stuff like that. Right. But in it, they one of the conversations comes up between her and one of her, her, another friend who's a, who's a white girl, and her other friend who's a black girl, which is uh, Chloe Bailey from, you know, Chloe and Holly. But the... They basically have a conversation where it's something that the white friend says, they tell her that that's racist thinking. And mm. so the so her so the white friend, she gets immediately defensive. Like, what? I can't believe you guys would say I'm racist. I'm so mad at you that you would think that after all we've been through, after all you know about me, you're going to say that I'm racist? And they're like, that's not what we're saying. We're saying what you, the way how you are approaching this conversation the things you are talking about and discussing, the way your perspective on it is based off of racism. And she's just like, I can't believe you guys would call me racism. That a racist. That's so bad. And that made me think about, you know, society as a whole. We right now are freaking out. Like we 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 have that moment where people say, like, oh, what you just did, that was kind of racist. And then people freak out and say, Oh my God, how dare you call me a racist? Yeah, it's gotten so bad to the point where it's like now the whole idea of of racism as a system is being questioned because people are so uncomfortable with being called out for ideas that might come from that system rightfully so though on some parts because the way how there are certain entities that the way how they react is someone could be called out for a, a oopsie daisy and it's like you know racist thinking and they could lose their job their career and everything because of that so I get why people are do get afraid of, of being in that label or that moniker. Well, yeah, because as we covered in uh, White Defensiveness, like being called racist, especially if you don't identify as racist or even if you're just trying to defend yourself from that moniker, which is probably the worst thing, you know, that a white person could be called in today's a- a day and age. Air quotes around that. People get so defensive about it. Um, you automatically want to squash that right away as a white person because you're so afraid of what the implications are of it or, like, so hurt by it, like this woman in the show. So, but, but, why, but why be defensive of it if someone calls it to you personally? I can see if someone called you out on Twitter and said that, yes, they're putting that in the public sphere. Well, so, it's what the woman said on the show. It's, I am so offended that you would think that I'm racist. So your response to that is to get mad at the black people? Yeah. That's problematic, right? Yeah, because, I fucking hate you, N-word, because you called me a racist. Well, that, that, that would take it to the next level. I think that, it's more like trying to s- s- overprove how not racist you are, right? I guess. It's trying to prove your credentials of not being 
racist. So the, the, to me, it's like the issue is just, but that's like a retreat. Yes, like, it is a type of defensiveness. It's like a defensiveness and yeah. it's a retreat from the conversation. Yeah. What I want to do is I want to be able to, for us to be like, we can be able to say, wow, what you said right there, that was a sexist thing you just said. And then the person goes, fuck, like, I'm sorry. Like, let's talk about this. I need, I need to figure out what I did wrong so I can figure it, fix it. And you just let me know what I did wrong. I'll do the work to fix it. Well, don't you think that the doing the work is very vague, right? Uh, I think from it's my perspective... It's not vague. No, from, from my perspective, wouldn't it just be like, uh, hey, I'm sorry I said that and then it came off racist. I will think about, you know, how to rephrase it differently next time or what? Like, I, I think like that has to be... There has to be some sort of like explanation of what of what how to avoid doing that. Right? I... The, the work is just me just shortening down. What I mean saying doing the work is that you will no longer do that. By, by being aware and, and, and acknowledging, like for our conversation now, yeah. that, you, that you, something that you said or did was rooted maybe in a racist ideology. Now moving forward, you will be mindful of that the next time you have a conversation that is similar to this one. Then on top of that, the work also includes that you are being aware of it to the point that you are now calling people out or correct or helping people correct their behaviors. That is the work. People, y'all know what the work is. You just don't want to do it because you're scared. I think it's I think it's, you it's know been it bottled is. down into this very vague terminology where it's like what we want to do is we want to try and explain that so that people don't have questions about what the work is. They, y'all know what it is. You know what it is. It's going to Thanksgiving and telling your uncle, do not say that. You just don't want to do that because your uncle going to cuss you out. You know what it is. You know what it is. But but keeping it keeping it specifically on your own thoughts and your own actions and your own behavior, right? Because we... We're, we're not talking about other people's thinking yet. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're talking just about, like, let's say, like, you and I have a conversation, and I say something that's rooted in racist thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So you correct me, and you say what? Uh, I, w- I, would just, I would just call you out and just be like, do you understand? Do you know what you just said? Do you know why the root of that even is created or why that stereotype was created? Maybe give you a little bit of history on it. Okay. And then, you, and then from there, I feel like you need to be... It's, it's going to be all based on your response because most of the time your response is going to be defensive, right? Yeah, like, Oh, I didn't mean it like that. And I'm like, that's cool. I know, you do. I know you didn't mean it that way, but that's the way it was taken. And it could even go one step further like this woman in the show and she's like... How I mean, how could you even think that I would be racist? Yeah, because that's like that attack, that attacking mechanism where it's like put it back on you. It, it was pretty heavy. I mean, this for the show, the solution was she called her mom, and then she told her mom about it. And then in the conversation of her mom, her mom got mad at her and was like, "How dare you think that I?" Because she she tried to correct the mom on a couple things, and the mom mm-hmm. got super defensive. Because like, where did that thinking come from? And then from? she was like, oh, that's where I got that from. Yeah. That's why I got so defensive. She's like, actually, because the thing that her mom said was a little offensive. So she did learn She did learn something that was a little offensive from her mom. But mm. she didn't realize it until she heard her mom say it again to her. Uh, after having the awareness and the like context. Yes, because they brought it up. That's all it took was for them to bring it up. But you got to. But after that, they all reconciled and stayed friends. That's the big part right there. We yeah. got to be able to reconcile and be, stay friends. Now, I'm saying that people are getting canceled because they physically harm somebody. 
that's a whole nother story. You you done. You cause that's 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 physical harm. Yeah. But if someone just said something off a little bit or had a wrong assumption or misjudgment or something, we need to be able to have a conversation and then come back to come back from that. Right. So like on the white side, I would say like the first step is like not react defensively. And could like could I ask like Oh, that's interesting that you think that's racist. Like, what? Like, what about it sounds racist to you? Like, if I genuinely didn't know, if I if I caught myself saying something like, "Oh shit, that was racist," like, or react, let me call myself out on it, or react defensively, that react the way you need to react. React the way, yeah. Like, I, it's if also, you don't think it's racist, then you're like, "No, it was racist." Something that I'm gonna put on people that that some people might not like is that as me as a black man, like, I'm willing to have the hard conversation where the person might get a defensive. I also need to not walk away from that. I can't shut off. I can't be like, oh, well, you're just not hearing me because you're being defensive. Fuck this. I'm not going to have this conversation. Then nothing's solved. I also need to be willing to be like, okay, let it all out. You mad. We, I'm mad. Let's, let's, let's have that emotion. Now let's, let's talk about why we were mad. We got it. Like, I think I think you're allowed to be defensive because that lets me know your true your true response. I don't want all of this watered down vanilla shit going around America where everyone's <laughs> like, oh, Mike, that probably was racist. I'm sorry. So let's robotic. unpack it. I'd be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, that's not how you actually feel. You yeah. mad at me for calling you out. Because right, because like we've covered before, like a lot of people, when they think of racism, they think of uh, prejudice. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about what we covered last week, which was all of the layers of it and how it, like this is like the it, like the different layers of of personal. What what were they? Let's review them. Personal I mean, shit. I can't remember off the top of my head. We ain't even <laughs> scientists like that. Uh, it was personal. Then it was interpersonal. Then it was systemic. Then it it's was culture. Culture. Yes. Yeah. So the we're basically where we're getting at is the racist thinking is the culture. Yeah. This is this is things that have been so ingrained that they have become the way of, of, of life. And it could be from your own family of origin a lot of times, where it's like your parents said something that was from their generation that you internalized and you thought of uh, as uh, true or, or just something that's mm-hmm. in your brain, whether you have analyzed it or not, and now you have to deal with that. Yeah. Like, uh, to, give, to, to give you a parallel example that is not within the realm of racism... I, I, I'll go to sexism. Things that are sexist thinking uh, or misogynistic thinking that we're not, a, that we probably don't realize or are hearing of doesn't mean we hate women and we want all women to die, but the idea of a woman takes care of the kids, a husband goes to work. Mm, you might not say like that. That's a sexist inherent thing. That's sexist inherent. We're not, yeah. not, not, not going to say that outright. We're not going to say that's just the way it needs to be. But in our mind, you would not, if you saw that, if you saw a woman taking care of the kids, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's what I expected. Yeah. No, you should probably you should be shocked by that. Just as much as we're shocked when we see like a dad, the dad's at home with the kids. That's crazy. He's a stay-at-home dad. That's so unique. Right. No, why is that unique? Because of your sexist thinking that a woman's place is in the house with the children only, and the man's place is outside of it. So that's those are things you got to break down the gender norm. So okay, th- take it back a step. So just because I have a sexist thought, does that mean that I'm sexist? Because a lot of people don't like labeling themselves okay. like that. The, the true answer is yes, but Correct. the answer that people need to be to to deal with so they can to swallow it down is that you it's like because it's, it's a it's a 
institutional power. It's a it's a way of life. It's a way of thinking. It's not. It's not always your actions. It's just that's the America is the world is. Right. We need to we need to come to, to reconcile the terms with that that the world is. And if you don't believe me, look at every country. They all have a different form of it. They all have a different form of colorism. Whether because you could be you could be in China if you a dark skinned uh, Chinese person they ain't fucking with you like they are the fair skinned Chinese people. Mm. If you live in Cuba and there everyone is brown, the darker uh, you are, that that's Afro Cuban people, and they they get probably treated a little bit different than the lighter skinned Cuban people. Whether right. it's negative or positive, there is colorism there. Right. So then, same thing if you go to different countries, whether you're in the Middle East, you're in Europe, you're in Africa, you're in North America, all these different places, they they have different ways of, in their society of how they treat men versus women. Some right. are more intense than others, but they all have that structure to a certain extent. Yeah, and if they don't. They're recognized for the uniqueness. Still being recognized for the uniqueness, still will still admits that the original normal way of thinking, quote unquote, is is to be the opposite. So if there right. is a female president at this at in this country, and there's a lot of females in the in the parliament or something, everyone's like, "Wow, that is so remarkable and unique." Why is that unique? Because it's different than the norm of what you expect, which is men will be in those positions, which right. still falls into the that, umbrella of a sexist way of that thinking. Level, yeah, that cultural level four. That's, yeah. yeah. So it's right. like, you're not, that, you're not that special. That's, that's what I, like racist people who have racist thinking, people who are racist, you're not that special. Everybody's fucked up to some degree and has a little bit of this stuff going on. I some, mean, do you have racist thinking? Uh, there are, there are things that I have to challenge and battle myself with a lot. Yes. Because of where I grew up, I was taught things about myself and how I think of myself, which is still racist thinking. Yeah. To, for me to, for me to go out and try to get a job and be like, oh, this job doesn't want me because of my color of my skin. Or, uh, if I get, if I wear this type of clothes, like I'm I look like a thug. Like I still can think those things. Mm. Those things are still racist thinking because that's, that's the things that society have taught me. Yeah. So it's the cultural. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm trying to say. You're not that special when, when you get called out for that, we all have it. It's just that some people don't want to admit it because yeah. it, it doesn't feel good. I, I, like, I understand it. It doesn't, it doesn't feel great to be like, damn, I actually was being prejudiced there. And I, I actually was having this like, this this way this idea that I had or this thing that I thought was so normal is actually based in some real messed up ideology. Yeah, because then you have to take it like so deep. You have to inception that that shit to its source, which is where it gets like really complicated. So um, I found this essay. I didn't like read the whole essay because like why not? I'm not gonna do all of that. But uh, in this essay called "Racial Thought and Racist Thinking: uh, Historical and Contemporary Perspectives." By W. Malcolm Burns, uh, you know, he's like a lot of references to a lot of scholars, scientists, people, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that stuck out to me was this quote, or like this, not quote, I guess more of an excerpt from uh, Michael Udell's book, Race Unmasked, Biology and Race in the 20th Century. Um, the book came out in 2014. So this is what, he, this is what Michael Udell says. He says, We are a genetically diverse species, and there is meaning in that diversity. But as a species, we seem thus far unable to reliably distinguish between the scientific ramifications and the social meanings of human difference. 
race, quote unquote, is a historical, not a scientific term. Yet, until the scourge of racism is eliminated from our lives and institutions, developing scientific methods unburdened by racial ideology to study human difference will be limited by the historical nature of the race concept itself. So that that's that, you know that's a very flowery way to say that <laughs> that if we don't dismantle in every which way racist thinking that no matter what we do all of our thinking whether scientific or social moving forward will contain will be based off of that racist ideology. Right. That, that's so that's that's the reason why we have to get rid of these these systems or things that are problematic. People don't understand because no matter what you build after that, you can dismantle the whole police force. Cool. Whatever you build after that, whether you call it the special defense force, the the freedom fighters, the the, the people corp, the people corps, the, yeah. the the racist warriors, whatever you want to call it, anti racist yeah, anti racist warriors, like whatever you want to call it. They're gonna still probably operate and act just like the police did before them. Right. That's why. That's why the sheriff's department, the highway patrol, the police, the security officers, the TSA, the the Secret Service, the National Guard, the Army, the uh, the Navy, the Air Force. This is why they all kind of operate very similarly when it comes to those ideologies. It doesn't matter what their branch is or who their leader is or who they're in charge or what side of the country that their bases are on. They all have some of that same inherent way of thinking, how they treat women, how they treat people of color, how they treat people from the LGBT community, how they treat people from different countries. All of it's pretty much the same because of those fucked up ideologies that are the foundation it's like of their the, organization. It's like the base code. It's like if you were designing a computer program and you got that first layer wrong, then everything you build on top of it is still building from like a wrong foundation, like, yeah. a, wrong, like a messed up code. It's, if it's rotten in the bottom, it don't matter what, what else grows from it. Like you can keep cutting everything off the top. The roots, the roots are fucked up. We gotta re, we gotta, we need a whole replant those roots. And that is hard because those roots are firm and, and, and deeply ingrained in the soil at this point. So right. everybody's like, I don't do that. Sounds like so much fucking work. I don't wanna do that. We took so long to grow this tree. I don't wanna start <laughs> all the way over. But yeah. so yeah, it's, you have like, that that way of thinking is so deeply ingrained in our society and culture that there are things that even you and I will talk about are dynamics within our friendship that we're probably not even aware of that are, that were based off of that. Yeah. I mean, there's been times where we like have had conversations like as a household, like you, me and two other roommates where these kind of dynamics have occurred. You brought that up earlier. Yeah, we're like we'll we'll be, we'll be arguing or something and it, the focal point of the argument will be like the volume of my of my argument mm. or the volume of, of that I'm taking or the hand motions or or the aggression that I have mm. like oh we don't uh, I'm just not used to this because in my family we didn't talk like this and it's like oh my god calm the fuck down yes you did don't lie to me like y'all because because on one hand y'all will say that and then on the other hand you'll tell me you slam the door kick trash cans over and cuss your mom and dad out 
And yeah. I'm like, I ain't never done that. So you, <laughs> so you telling yeah. me that you ain't never gotten an aggressive uh, argument with your family or a loud vocal argument with people you love, but you cussed out your mom and dad at the same. But also, you also done that. Don't make no sense. What it right. sounds like to me is you're just saying, I'm not used to a black man raising his voice at me. Then I'd be like, that's probably true. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I am probably the first one that has done this to you. Allow right. me to. To break you in, <laughs> yeah. Let, let me let me uh, let me welcome you into this. Yeah, let this me welcome experience. you. Let me be your Sherpa through this experience. Yeah, but don't 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 you ever remember like an instance where you kind of talked about like how like the how we were having a conversation is like you're not used to that. Yeah, no, definitely. And in the the example you used about the trash can, that was technically about me. I yeah, don't know if we talked about it on this show, but but and it's funny because. Have. I remember like having that moment, freaking out, storming away, crying my eyes out, like so upset. And then coming away from that experience being like, I never want to be that out of control of my emotions ever again. And so like part of what my life has been, it's been like, like dealing with like stuffing so much stuff down that I like have to let out in other ways that that and unpacking that that stuffing and being like, no, it's okay to express yourself. Like, and it's okay to have feelings and, and sometimes those feelings get out of control, but you have to rein that in. You have to rein a man, be mindful of them and how you navigate them properly because yeah. what could happen, and this is things I think, I, I think something else I probably, we probably have talked about yeah. was that I feel like you have, if you, if you put that down so much, having that emotion, you put it down for everything. Mm-hmm. So then say an instance happens where I'm in danger, whether it's emotionally or physically, and your response to it is like, it's fine. Let's just move on. Let's all be good. But that's not what I need. I needed, I needed you to stand up and uh, speak up for me or protect me. But you have, you have suppressed yourself so much from, from being, you know, aggressive or boisterous in a, in that, in a sign of danger or a sign of discomfort that now you don't even do it when it's, when it's to help someone. Right. And now, now I'm like, damn, you didn't have my back. So that's why it's like, don't, don't get rid of it completely. You just need to know when to use it. It's just how I feel about people that are out there like, protests and masks or something like that i'm like mm. okay the topic is wrong but the energy you have oh keep that energy like all them anti-maskers like keep the energy but when but when we start talking about climate change and we start talking about uh yeah uh, stuff you should wealth inequality, be upset about yeah. yeah go out there and, and get, get them picket signs and get them get them torches like then go out there and really protest some serious shit. Not the mask mandate. Come on now. I want to see my children smile. What the hell? Put a, <laughs> put a little smiley face in the front of the mask and call it a day. Shut the hell up. But, like, yeah. So yeah. keep that same energy. Just put directed towards the right thing. Well, and something that helped me, like, for instance, if something comes up and I'm like, ooh, I do not like that I thought that. Or, ooh, I do not like that. I'd like, that, that thing that's, like, culturally ingrained in me is, like, popped up into my head. Like, something that helps me is thinking... You are not your thoughts, but you are responsible for analyzing your thoughts. So, yes. so for instance, if a racist thought comes into my head, the first thing I think is, oh, that was racist. And I can understand why it's racist and, and unpack why that racist thought came into my head in that moment without having to think, oh, I'm such a horrible person, you know, because I thought a racist thought I must be like this inherently evil racist. Like, I can say, hey, I know that I don't think that normally, 
So therefore, there's some other reason why this came into my head. Oh, maybe it's from some media that I consumed when I was 12 and I didn't realize. Or, or maybe it's because I have this backwards and I need to like, not, not think that way in the future. Or, 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 or unpack why I thought that. Like, just like we debate ideas with other people, we need to debate ideas with ourselves so we don't let ourselves off the hook or convict ourselves of being evil just because we thought an evil thing. Exactly. It's, it's an ongoing process. You can't, you can't have this, this instance one time and they'd be like, I'm an evil person. I fucking suck. I deserve to die. It's like... But you can't of- also let it go and be like... Okay, moving on with my life. Yeah, it was one time. I'll move on. Yeah, you need to be like, this is an ongoing process. Yeah, and it's 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 just like it's 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 learning. It's knowledge. That's why I like. I was a weird kid who like I liked school and I liked learning. That doesn't mean that I did all my homework and I was you know on time to class every second because that's 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 institution. I don't know if I like the institution that much. I'm not I'm not a person that's like I will work 14 hours a day and like you know clock in and clock out and all that stuff. I'm not that not not that. But do I like being around people and collaborating and working with people? Yes. Right. So I love school because I love the idea of knowledge and learning that you're always a work in progress so i love and i love the idea that even as an adult now when i'm out of school for you know decade or so like there are still constant moments where i'm be like "Ooh, i didn't know about that or this person taught me that or this conversation uh really opened my eyes to something that i've been doing for 20 something years i didn't even realize that was problematic or wrong or incorrect or right I didn't know. I didn't know what I was saying was actually valuable. You know, it, it's yeah, it's it's nice to to constantly be on that lookout for that instead of just being like, I know everything I need to know. I'm done. There's nothing you can tell me. I'm a perfect person. There's nothing. I'm, there's no more work for me. Yeah, anything I think it's I, really easy to get into that mindset when you have like things kind of like set. Like when you're setting your ways, you know, that's what they're talking about. It's like you kind of, I have my job, I go to my job, I have my couple of friends, I hang out with my couple of friends and that's it. And, and kind of like forget that all these other things going on in the world like Im- impact you or that like there's all these other things to learn, to expand, to grow your mind. Exactly. So something for people to learn, because we're going to, this is, this yeah. is how we're going to get to the bachelor in paradise. Like, <laughs> how the hell are we going to get to the bachelor in paradise? <laughs> Bro, let me, let me segue you. All right, so there in 2004, uh, Tinder came onto the scene, right, y'all? Y'all remember Tinder? And then the, the dating site OKCupid kind of ensured their longevity by taking on some of Tinder's like uh, methods with the swiping left, swiping right. OKCupid used to just be a regular dating site, but then they now they got the swipe left, swipe right too, right? Mm. But the OKCupid founder Christian Rudder he he published this book called Dataclasm. Um, which is basically an illustrated data visualization of stats from OKCupid user profiles. And this shit is eye-opening. And it goes back into racist thinking when you don't mean to do it, but you're doing it. Mm. So the book offers incredible insight to topics like the habits or political beliefs or speech patterns and then the assumptions that people still make about entire populations of people. And... Basically, on this or in this book, you kind of you see that generally most of the users on OKCupid and other sites like Tinder and stuff, by extension, because they have the same process, right? Of swiping left, swiping right. Right. They uh, most likely will swipe left, which means reject uh, black women or Asian men the most. As a group, as like everybody, everybody. This is this means this means like across the board, like statistically, like like. 
you know, be, be based off of not because there's there are uh, it, I think it gets into like Asian women will swipe right or or accept Asian men the most, but everyone else will will reject them. So they are Damn. rejected the most. Black Damn. black women and Asian men. Oh my gosh. Yes. So okay, and then right here it says in a 2014 Time article, uh, reporting Data Clinton's findings. Jack Lynchy explains that OKCupid's one to five scale and how different racial groups of women rated Asian men, and it said it wasn't high. There's a, here's a quote from uh, uh, what Jack Lynchy said. He said, while Asian women are more likely to give Asian men higher ratings, women of other races, black, Latina, white, give Asian men a rating of one to two stars, less than what they would usually rate men. Now, do you hear what I'm now do you hear that? Yeah. What I'm saying is all these people have this is this is racist thinking. Yeah. And don't 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 curl your ears up and run away because this says black, Latina, and white women all give Asian men a rating between one to two stars. This is not about just, just white people. This is this is a, a this could be a, a, a universal thing. So ra- the racist thinking of however they perceive Asian men, whether they desexualize or whatever, you know, people and 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 not that's been seen, talked about, yeah, yeah, that, it's, that's that's a conversation topic that has been talked about. Yeah, this is this is reflected in the dating apps. Um, then also it says black and Latin men face similar discriminations, while white men had the highest ratings among all women of all races. We already know that, like it. it <laughs> the, and is I, that just perception is that's just per, like the that's the cultural racism game. that's just the cultural racist thinking because that's what we learn you, you got to think about like uh all the movies from like a long period of time from when yeah. from, from film started to all like 1970s white, it was like clark gable and all them dudes right yeah. so it's just is that's that's who the heart that's that's a heartthrob that is that's that's who we're supposed to look at mm-hmm. even when you look at music you have uh, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, and and Fats Domino and stuff releasing rock and roll music, but it's not cute and it's not sexual in a heart in a heartthrob situation until Elvis Presley comes on the scene. Yep. So uh, he's singing the same songs they sing it, but now now it's a sex symbol. Um, now we got to pay attention to his hips and how he's gyrating. He's hot. He's he's a leading man in all these movies. He's going to Hawaii and he's taking his shirt off. What? Yeah. Why couldn't Chuck Berry do that? Oh, cause, I mean, because I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Little Richard, <laughs> you know. So Fast Domino, come on now. Yeah. But so it's uh, even there's there's black women that are also very prominent in rock and roll scenes. Oh, they cool. weren't considered sex symbols uh, on, uh, with their music, but Elvis Presley was. That's just one example. Right. Then, uh, so basically, what I'm getting at uh, is that. This also says that, meanwhile, black women were considered the least desirable around races of all men. This is just a little bit more. Asian, Latin, and white men tend to give black women 1 to 1.5 stars less, while black men's ratings of black women are more consistent with their ratings of all races of women. Now, this, this, is, hard to, this is a hard pill to fucking swallow. And this is why Malcolm X has the quote when he says black women are the most, most disrespected women in America. Right. And people want to, I know people want to argue and say, oh, no, all women are treated badly and stuff too. No, this is, this is me speaking from my, my people, my culture. And this is, it's not good to say that even amongst black men, the ratings of black women are equal to the other women. Now, with everyone else, the Asian, remember the Asian man's ratings was high with the Asian women. White men and white women, high. 
you know, and what and something else might be lower. But black women are they they don't they're not high with anyone. They're just equal. Mm. Not even with black men. Black men ain't even they they're they're just equally desired. So like while while I think everyone should be equally desired, it's unfortunate yeah, that they're the only ones when when everyone else is not. Some people so uh so that come getting just that basically just just boils down that the way we desire or how we treat Asian men, black women, or people in general in dating or how we treat them in society, how who's a heartthrob, who's a sex symbol, who is not, uh, is is all based on some fucked up ideology. So yeah, like, that racist thinking. Racist thinking. That We're not no that. people aren't going to Instagram or not Instagram, they're not going to Tinder and OK Cupid and going, today I'm gonna make sure that I say no to every black woman I come across. Or today I'm gonna make sure I say no to every Asian man because I just can't stand them. No one is I don't think people are actually physically th- doing that. Uh, well, especially with like like swiping. Swiping is so like instant. It's just like your base, you know, most immediate reaction. Yeah, it's just very quick. So I'll tell you it's ingrained in you because it's so quick. It's quick, it. it's fast. Yeah. It's it's not even, you're not even thinking about it. So you're just like, nope, 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 nope. Oh yes. Oh right. nope, nope, nope. Oh yes. You're not even realize you didn't even you didn't even acknowledge that you swiped left on the black woman because you wasn't even thinking about her in that way. Mm-hmm. So that's that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. So that's some that's some stuff we have to break down. Now it's it's hard because it's people like, I just like what I like. That's how people you know somebody's response is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Or you're gonna oh, how are you gonna judge me for having a preference? But it's like what is your preference based off of? Right. Because if, if a guy came up to me and said that his preference is, I just like girls just with huge fake boobs and, like, that don't have a low education because, like, I can manipulate them. I'm not going to be like, okay, dude, cool. You just have your preference because that's your preference. Yeah, that no. sounds like that comes from yeah. somewhere pretty messed up. That comes from somewhere yeah. pretty messed up. We're going to shut that down and we're going we gonna, to... <laughs> we gonna, Get rid of that because right. that, that ain't the right way of thinking. Right. Also, how how are you opening yourselves up to more opportunities and a fruitful life if you have such rigid stipulations and such rigid uh, standards? Yeah. Like you don't. I guess, I guess the only argument you can make in, in, in contrast to that is like, well, attraction is this kind of like instant thing, but even then, it comes from somewhere. Attraction is not an instant thing. Sexual attraction, I think, is instant. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I mean when I say attraction. When people but, are talking about sexual attraction. I don't know. Maybe maybe because I'm all over the place in my bisexuality. Like maybe I don't understand. But how could a man? If you're if you're such a man's man, like you're just I'm I'm so heterosexual. Like it's just crazy. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm super straight. Right. Like which is actually a community of people. They're super called the super straights. You're I'm, joking. I'm not joking. This is a thing. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the super straights. Okay. Okay, but if these people exist, how could, it doesn't matter if a dark-skinned black woman is in a bikini walking on the beach, and she's just like, oh, look at me, look at me. They, if they're super straight, you're like, I ain't even care about no skin color. That's just, I just love the body and the femininity and the, and the, and the, and the titties and the butt and all that. If you're, if you're, if you're so superficial, you should be so superficial. Right. That you ain't even thinking about the skin color. So that's, that's crazy to me that somehow we still have the time to do that. That that a that a bigoted, superficial, uh, misogynistic asshole would still has the time in his mind to be like, I mean, I love just hooking up with women, but 
I do stop to think sometimes. Her skin is too dark for me. Her hair is a little too braided and too natural for me. What? Then you're not. Yeah. Then, you, then you're not a super straight guy. Well, and also, like, I want to push back against my <laughs> devil's advocate approach. Because, number one, racist men will still sometimes push down their feelings towards people of other ethnicities, like like black women and stuff, even though they're attracted to them, they'll push it down because of whatever racism that's got in their brain. But then they'll go and they'll have like you know affairs with them and stuff, right? Like you could be racist and still have oh. sexual relations. Oh yeah, I I read recently that like in the southern states that like uh, the porn that is looked up the most is like transgender porn and like interracial. Interesting. Very because interesting. it's like the taboo to, to do those things. Very so interesting. they'd be looking it up because they're like, ooh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm into this. So but I like, see, we ain't down for that because we don't want no fetishization. Don't yeah. fetishize me. Like, that's the reason why, unfortunately, the reason why the, the black man is not the lowest because in certain communities, they are still fetishized a lot. Same mm-hmm. with black women or women of color. Mm-hmm. And so that's that, those are the people that are swiping. People that are like, oh, I, and there's, I've, you've, I've read stories about that where, you know, women would go on a date with a guy and he's like, oh, I love dating black women. And it's like, ooh, like if a white guy says that, or you know, a non-black person, or anybody says that, it's like, why? Like you, it's why is it so specific? It should be, yeah, it should be to that person and that personality, and you like them for who they are. Yeah. Well, I would just say it shouldn't matter uh, whether you're a white guy, black guy, Asian guy, whatever. It it shouldn't matter. Like you shouldn't have any strong preference based off of just race, even if it's the same race as you, because that is kind of weird. Yeah, that's where you're that's limiting true. yourself to like someone who you might actually have more in common with, first of all, and might actually be a better have a better relationship with, and then also you're just limiting yourself and being racist. Yeah. But the the other thing I was gonna say is to to counterpoint my my devil's advocate approach a second time, when you spend more time with someone, studies have shown that they actually become more attractive to you anyway. So even if that first immediate spark is, you know, whatever it is based on whatever, wherever it comes from, spending more time with someone and being around them, you will see the attractive elements of them. And that's mm-hmm. just purely a physical thing. That's not even talking about like the, the attraction that comes from chemistry and getting to know someone and liking them and love and all that stuff. That's just a purely physical. So it's wrong on three different levels, basically, to be that closed off about your preferences. Or your attraction. It it yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. And like I I have used dating apps uh for a hot millisecond. And I will say that it's it hasn't it hasn't been fun because I know I'm aware of these stats, I'm aware of the the I the idea. And then, and you know, people ain't really messing with me like that. And and so I'm just like, whatever, you know, it is what it is. Like I I I have unfortunately a, a accept it this is the way it's going to be on these apps so like you got to either just find ways to navigate around it or deal with it which is not great but that's that's just how it is not not to take away from from that aspect of it but how many people do you know that have actually met someone that they're still dating on a dating app there's so many okay so there is a certain track record of success yes so So should we take this to the beach let's take this to the beach (laughs) so now keeping all of that in mind the racist thinking how the statistics from this dating app and how black men, black women, and Asian men are are the least desirable on these apps. Let's let's go to Mexico, uh, to the beach 
where Bachelor in Paradise takes place. So everybody knows the Bachelor franchise on ABC, Bachelor, Bachelorette. So now they have this they have this all star show, which they basically bring back contestants from the Bachelor and the Bachelorette, which means men and women come on the show together, one by one. Uh, they come down. It's very much like the Love Island show that people are, it's also really popular. And on this show, basically, the men and women are both looking for love while on this this tropical vacation. Uh, and while they're on this vacation, the men get the roses some for one week, the women get the roses for one week. And when they get these roses uh, and it, it's interchangeable, they some people get voted off if you don't receive a rose. Yeah, so, it's basically similar to the the you know, main series where it's like all the men one week have the roses, all the women one week. Yes. So, and so somebody has the power. It's always, uh, it's always out, odd numbered. An odd number. Yeah. yeah. Cause somebody's going to get sent home. Uh, so there's, there's the situ. Basically when I'm watching this show, I've always been aware of the discrepancies of race more so in the past than, than, than now. Uh, there's always been very few Asian uh, men or women, yeah. very few black men very or black few. women, a, f- a couple of la- of Latin uh, men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's starting to numbers are starting to increase, but still it's not very much. Uh, that's, that's thanks to having the first black bachelorette and black, black bachelor. Things have gotten a little bit better. So then it's bringing on more black people. Right. Mm-hmm. But so now this season, The Bachelor in Paradise, uh, there's this there's a black woman named Natasha. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's dating at on the, an initial an initial part of the show. She's she starts getting into a relationship with a guy named Brendan, mm-hmm. who was who was a white man. He was he was formerly on a season uh, for Tasia, who was mm-hmm. a black bachelorette, uh, biracial bachelorette, I should mm-hmm. say. Multiracial bachelorette, and she, uh, he, he actually went home. He was like the, supposed to be like the second to the last or something. He was about to get picked by Tasia. He went home early. He just he went home on his own accord. Like I, I can't, I gotta go home. I can't do this anymore. My family, just just the pressure, whatever. I don't know what his reasons. He just left. I, I think it was something about how he's not ready to be in another relationship. Like, yeah, serious. some book. He he had been divorced and she had been divorced before, so they connected on that. But then I think that, yeah. yeah. But ain't nobody saying you got to get married the next day. All you do is propose in that show. Yeah, like if you know, it's like basically you just date for two years and then you see if you get married. Yeah, you also but, knew what the outcome is, like when you signed up. So anyway, I don't know that it seemed it seemed very fishy. I think there's a lot of people who's well. Let's not get sidetracked. I was going to say, there's a lot of people who go on that show being like, oh, who knows? Anything could happen. And then once it gets serious, then they're like, oh, shit, I was, That's I was the dog chasing the car. And now I caught the car and I'm scared. But I would I would make that decision. Oh, this is bad. But I would make the decision after I won the show already. Uh, I think I would, many people make that calculation to do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. why not bank off of it? If you're like, come on now, don't be stupid. So anyway, yeah. Brandon leaves the show early. Now he's on The Bachelor in Paradise. He chooses Natasha, who is a very... Uh, dark-skinned black woman, beautiful dark-skinned black woman. Uh, and he's he's like this white guy, you know, with the curly hair. He has a little the nice eyes. He's he looks he has very fuckboy qualities. He's in, he's in shape, yeah. But we all like fuckboys. Let's be honest here. Okay. Well, they're number one rated on dating apps, right? They're, everybody likes them. Everybody swipes for them. For Culturally, it's been ingrained in us thanks to racist thinking. Yep. Uh, so they're together. Then you got another. Uh, Pairing that happens between a woman named Jacinia mm-hmm. and uh, a guy named Chris. Chris is uh, multiracial, but you know his his 
Asian features are, are a little bit prominent, so it's obvious that he's that one pair is Asian. I mean, I did I did do the research, so I'm not just assuming this. Uh, Jacinia, hers is not so much disclosed, but she has she has a complexion fair, a very a very earthy complexion, so you know she's of some type of Pacific Islander, some type of some type of, of a person of color descent. She's Got very it. beautiful. They all they all beautiful people on this show. Like they don't, you know, ABC ain't putting nobody ugly on this it's show. It's for TV, yeah. Yeah. All, I mean, but beautiful by based off of like stupid standards. Uh <laughs> you know the True. fucking standards. Based off of sexist thinking. Sexist probably. thinking. Yes. Or uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so... And Jasenia started off by uh, being in a relationship with a guy named Ivan. Yes. Who was also on Brendan's season. Yeah. So the, or the season with Brendan. So Jasenia leaves, leaves a biracial black man named Ivan for the, for the guy Chris. Who was a racial uh, Asian man? Biracial Asian man. So she she let she leaves some guy to go to this other to this other guy. Now you have these two couples. Um, this new girl comes. Atlanta. Named, huh? Well, oh. before Atlanta. Oh, okay. Piper. Piper. So Piper shows up, and here's the tea about Piper: is that Piper apparently has some kind of relationship with Brendan. Remember the white guy dating Natasha now? He had some relationship with her prior to being on this show. So when Piper shows up, he immediately drops to Natasha and goes on a date with Piper. And him and Piper hit it off. And it looks very fishy, like they've known each other. Now, it's not that Natasha didn't know about this. Because someone brought it up to her attention beforehand and he squashed it. He said, yeah, we had hung out maybe two times. And then it comes to be that when Piper shows up, she says, well, it was more like ten times. And he's more or less, I consider him my boyfriend. Yes. So he downplayed it. Brendan downplayed it. She felt kind of blindsided and lied to, as she should. So there's a little bit of her being bitter, but there's a little bit of her being like, this is this is messed up. Right. All right. Now, so Brendan and Piper are in a relationship. Everyone knows they've known each other before. He moved on to this new light-skinned girl. Uh, I think she might also be multiracial. He moved on to her. Like, everybody's multiracial. That's what that's the way the world looks now. But <laughs> he moved on to this light-skinned girl. And everyone's saying they're on there just for, for fame and just for popularity and a free vacation because they're not actually looking for love. They already knew each other beforehand. Mm-hmm. But they're on the island. They're just there to be on TV they're just and there gain to... followers. And stuff. Exactly. Right. But they're, they're on the island. They're chilling. They're sitting there and, and, going, and going about their business. While Natasha is in the corner, sad, crying her eyes out because she got dissed. And let's not let's not uh, pull the punches here. ABC aired a lot of Piper and Brendan more or less admitting it. They yeah. more or less admitted like, oh, how many followers do you have? Oh, yeah, everyone's going to be mad at us. Oh, yeah, but we have each other and we're just going to enjoy Mexico. Whether so, that, because like, that might they, be produced. They do them a bad edit. Sorry. <laughs> they, that might be produced. They might they might have told him to talk about that. But oh, regar- okay. yeah, regardless of whatever they did, it's it is what it is. Yeah. Natasha got screwed. She's sitting on the corner. Uh while Brennan and Piper are happily kissing in her in front of her face. Everybody kind of goes on about their business. Yeah. Next week appears. In this next week, Chris, remember who's dating Jacinia, mm-hmm. has a similar situation to Brendan. This girl, white girl shows up named Alana. Mm-hmm. Why her name is Alana? I was like, why can't it just be Alana? Alana, it just sounds that just sounds interesting to me. I kept talking to saying Atlanta, and I was like, Atlanta? Her name Atlanta? Oh, it's gonna be on and popping. She sounds ratchet as hell. But no, <laughs> Alana. Anyway, 
Chris goes on, he goes to this little private party or whatever that they invite a couple people because, you know, the producers want to shake shit up. Yeah. And him and Atlanta start making out and dancing right in front of Jacinia. There's no, there's no conversation. There's no breakup. There's no, there's no warning. He just starts hooking up with this girl. In fact, there's a scene where he pulls her aside. They're on a couch and he says, I want to do something that I've been doing for a long, uh, or I, it's time to do something I've wanted to do for a long time. And then he kisses her and this might be editing. I'm not sure, but Justenia walks out. Literally sees them kissing and immediately walks away. She sees it happen. Yeah, I, I think this might be editing. I think I think they might have had some kind of conversation. I think just, that is not good TV. Uh, I think he might have told her. Uh, but wow. anyway, let's let's um, let's go with their production, what they gave us. Yeah. Um. So Jacinia's mad. She's heartbroken because Chris did this. Granted, this show nobody's official. Nobody's like actual confirmed exclusive boyfriend girlfriend. They're just kind of dating and talking. So That's when true. new people come onto the island, everybody homie hops and bounces around. Everybody's been doing it. Not and everybody just everybody knows that's what the point of the show is. Yeah, not just Brendan did it. Everyone has been doing it. There's there's this girl named Tammy. She did it. There's a guy named Riley and 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 all these different people. I don't even need to get into names. Everybody has been hopping at different people. But now, when Chris comes back to to the island from this little private party where he where he where he hopped to another girl from Jacinia, everyone is mad, livid. I I'm I'm shocked and I'm kind of shocked because how angry everyone is. You got this guy named uh, Joe who is supposed to be the nice wholesome dude. He's he's mad as hell. He's ready to fight. This <laughs> Riley, who's also supposed to be the other nice wholesome guy, yeah. he's mad and he's ready to fight. So I'm saying maybe in my mind, I'm like, oh, maybe they just really, really care for Jacinia. And now that Chris did this to her, they don't like him. But I was like, no, they didn't really like Chris from ever since he came on the show, which was very interesting to me. So I was kind of saying they're using this more or less as a springboard just to get him off because they hate him. Mm. Uh, but then everyone's, everyone starts having these strong arguments. And, and this is where it misses me. Because my thing is, if you don't like somebody, just come outright and say, I do not like you. That's why I want you out of my space. I do not like you. If you say that, you save yourself from being contradicted ever. Because which, so, which you, Aaron, uh, a South Asia guy on the show, he did that. And he did that with another guy uh, named, uh, oh gosh, I'm forgetting his name, the really tall man. Tom, Thomas. Yeah. Thomas? Where yeah. he just told him, I don't like you, I don't want to be around you, like, just stay away from me. Because he's grimy. Yeah. I mean, we don't need, we don't need to get into it because it's sidetracking. It's but totally Tom, sidetracking. Thomas, is, but. Thomas is, was a douchebag, so he, he never got contradicted on not liking him. Anything yeah, he, he, and he was just straight up about it the whole time, so everyone knew, hey, those two don't like each other, so we yeah. should hang out with them. Like, yes. They don't hang out together. But... But this is not what they're doing with Chris. They're not saying that I don't like you. Their, their grounds is, Chris, what you did to Jacinio is so wrong. I cannot stand here and be near you because you just left her for another woman. And I feel like you're just on this show for fame. I feel like you're just doing this for attention. I feel like you're not being truthful and honest because you said you liked her. Now you like someone else. This is not right. Granted. All these people that are saying this have dated multiple people. Even the guy, Joe, his ex-fiance is literally on the island with him. She's trying to date other people. He's dating somebody else in front of his ex-fiance. And then he has the audacity to say that I don't like that you're homie hopping and all this stuff like that. So I was like, this is real fresh. 
But see, I, you know, me, my, in my, my brain, I'm gonna immediately start to go like, there's more, there's more to it. I'm seeing here. Because everybody's coming real down and hard on Chris, who is an Asian man. Mm. Like none of us like you. You're not. You're not desirable. Because because having having sexual attraction and desirability doesn't always mean you want to have sleep with you. That also means that you're the fa- the favorite guy in the room that everyone loves. Mm-hmm. Like you can you if you if you are the Leonardo DiCaprio's or whatever you know I don't know who else the heartthrob people Chris Hemsworth or somebody I don't know I'm trying to think of some names if you walk into a room men and women will like you straight gay lesbian or whatever because you just look easy on the eyes you you're, you're you're fun you have the ideal look well I feel like there's some some actors like uh, I don't know if Leo is one of them but like I would say. Uh, uh, Tom Hardy or Ryan Gosling are two of those guys where like even dudes like have man crushes on them, you know, all that. Yeah, stuff. ew, Tom Hardy, ugh. Okay, I, I, maybe maybe that was someone okay. else that yeah. I knew specifically that was <laughs> into Tom Hardy. Maybe I feel like he was one of those guys. Maybe. Well, but I mean, he's British, you know, so there's that element. I guess, uh, but yes, <laughs> uh, the, but I, Leonardo DiCaprio was back in the day. That's why I used him because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little old, so, yeah. so I'm thinking. And back if in the day. Leonardo DiCaprio was on Bachelor in Paradise, please believe everyone would. Everyone would go to him, right? So, but so basically, that, that's what I'm saying. So nobody yeah. was nobody likes Chris. But they don't realize they don't like Chris. This is my this is my assumption, but it's I, I'm pretty I'm pretty close on it. I think yeah. is that they don't like Chris because nobody finds him desirable. He was a swipe left from day one. Wow. So that's why everybody like the minute he did his homie hop and went to another girl. That's why everyone was mad at him, ready to kick him off. They said you should get off the show. You shouldn't even be on this show because of because because you're just here for fame. You just went to another girl. You knew this girl beforehand. How dare you? Yeah, and I think that's like something we need to to be specific about is that so Alana comes on the show and they go on a date and by the time they get back that's when everyone wants them both to leave and the crux of the argument is you dated or knew each other beforehand if you're already in a relationship then you need to go home well Brendan and and Piper technically fit that same requirement so why are they going so hard on Chris and Alana when now all of a sudden, uh, Brandon and Piper did the same thing a day ago, and nobody batted an eye. Yes, they all were just kind of like, "Well, it is what it is." And 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 you know, people can easily say, "Well, maybe they just like." Some people have argued with me. Maybe they just like Justinia and they're protecting her a lot. No, they never. Some people didn't even bring her up. Their argument, they didn't even they didn't even say anything about her name. Well, they, when they did confront him, Jasenia was in the middle. So it was Riley and Joe and Jasenia in the middle. But the words that came out of Riley and Joe's mouth never was like, what you did to Jasenia was so bad. They, like, they, they'd say, like, this disrespectful and dishonorable or something. Riley said that. But it's yeah. like, whatever, dude. You stole someone's girlfriend. So you, stop talking about honor. But sure. the... The fact that they are still coming down on this, they're so strict on this this honor code. They're so strict on 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 not doing that and being on there for fame. It was interesting that this conversation was never had with Brendan, who who openly admitted that's what he did. The pretty white guy with the you know the pretty eyes. He he's sitting on a on a on a day bed somewhere just smiling while this argument is happening. Chris gets cussed out. Chris cries. Atlanta gets uncomfortable, and they go home. Yeah, they, they actually bully. They actually bully him off the show. 
Yep. He leaves the show because of this argument, which, you know, people get in arguments all the time and hate people and there's villains and stuff. Yeah. Cool, whatever. But they wanted him off that, that badly. And the yeah. people that wanted him off were, it was a black man who's super buff and, and, and muscular. And then the white guy, Joe, who's also a pretty, you know, muscular from Chicago, Italian dude. So like, they're like hyper-masculine. The two hyper-masculine guys we're cussing out the Asian dude, telling him, you don't deserve to be on this show. You need to get off this show because he's bouncing between two women. Meanwhile, everyone else is doing this. I don't know. That don't look, it don't, wow. it don't look right to me. And this is the thing. I'm not saying that the, the guys, Riley or Joe, what they are doing is, is like on purpose. They, it's inherent. It's our way of thinking and our thoughts, our words, and our actions. So they, they don't realize that their anger is being misdirected or being sp- given special attention to one specific group of per- people, which is, what in this case, the Asian man Chris. Now, here's the other part. If you remember, there was Natasha who was on the beach just by herself now because she got dissed, right? Mm-hmm. Now, so when people bring up the argument, maybe they're just trying to really protect Jacenia. Maybe they just really like her. So that's why they're defending her, her so bad. Okay, well, then what happened to Natasha? Shouldn't you cuss out Brendan in the, for in Natasha's sake? For Natasha's sake? Mm. Oh, but that didn't happen. Because You're just like, Natasha, deal with it. Yeah. Because who, who did I say in the statistics earlier were, were the two uh, least swiped on, the least uh, desirable people on, on apps were Asian men and black women. So... No one's even thinking, like, everyone's just like, whatever, Natasha got screwed over, let's just move on, she, she can fend for herself, because a strong black woman don't need no man. Oh, man. Strong black women can take pain wherever they want to. Who cares if she gets dumped? She can just bounce back. So let me, let me devil's advocate this, because was there ever a moment where Natasha broke down crying in front of everyone over this situation? Yes, at least to the women, I think she did. She did to Becca, I remember that. Um, yeah, she did to, I mean, she, so, Jacenia But Jacenia came back from the party and was so upset and so devastated, she came back and cried in front of everyone. No, just I, I, I know. I, no, I also disagree. Jacinia just, just could play like because this is me being a, f- a super fan of the show. Just yeah. you just playing that card like I am a sweet, innocent girl. She dumped, she dumped uh, her original boyfriend Ivan. for Ivan for this guy for this dude that dissed her. So you're not fucking, you're not, you know, you're not perfect, yeah. but but like. I'm just getting at the fact that Natasha, why does Natasha have to her crying what she didn't cry enough. Right, that's why I'm asking. Like, like, is she didn't, it that she didn't make enough of a scene about it? She did. She yeah, like, she did. She she got she got in Joe's face. She pulled Piper aside. She was clearly upset about it. Everyone knew she was upset about it. Right. And they were they were kind of upset, but no one no one approached them. No one confronted Brendan on it because we don't want to call him out. In fact, didn't didn't multiple people talk to Ivan about it? And they more more or less like Brendan or Ivan. You have to admit that what Brendan did was a little messed up. And Ivan. Kind of defended him. He didn't. He didn't denounce him. He did that thing where he stuffs it down and he didn't talk about it. And here's where, now here's where I'm going. This is this is the curveball that I didn't even know I was going to come into this with. Oh, now peep this. Ivan, who I didn't mention as much, Ivan is is biracial. He's Asian and black. Right. Ivan got dumped by Jacinia for this other guy, and now Ivan he ain't got nobody either. 
So uh, Jacinia apparently was the only one on the island that was that was that was checking for Asian men. <laughs> so so Ivan is sitting on the beach by himself now. Chris is sent home crying. Natasha is on the beach by herself crying. The other dark-skinned black woman already went home because nobody wanted her. Oh, Tajwan, yeah. Yeah, the other dark-skinned black man went home because nobody wanted him. But I'm just, but, but, I'm, but these, stats, these stats are crazy, but I'm reaching. Like, whether or not the thinking is true, that they believe it. The Asian men, the black women, the black men in the show, they also believe it. Whether mm-hmm. whether the perpetrator or the person who is who is being perpetrated believes it, so, as long as someone believes it, it makes it the experience true. So that racist thinking is true. If they don't feel desirable, then they don't feel desirable. They don't, they're not going to have the energy to even fight to be on the show. And they're going to leave or sabotage their relationships. Or the other token, if everyone there doesn't think they're desirable, then no one's going to try to uh, pursue them, and then they have to leave the show. So I, I, I just think it's an interesting dynamic of of how Natasha is ne- her feelings and her energy is neglected. She's not seen as a helpless damsel in distress, which is which is very apparent mm-hmm. in society. Totally, we even know medically that like black women have a like, higher death rates and stuff in hospitals and stuff like that because doctors used to think that black women's pain tolerance were higher than the average woman. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have, uh, the, the, the lack of Asian men as leading men in movies and stuff like that. You don't see them as sex symbols and stuff in Hollywood or media and things like that, which is completely not true. It's there because some of these, woo child. Okay. But <laughs> I'm like, they sex symbols to me, but that's me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> everybody. so many hot Asian men. Yeah. Everybody's a sex symbol to me yeah, pretty much. Like that, 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 that's how you know it's racist because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's and not it, based on fact. And it's just, it's, it's just the way of thinking. Yeah. It's just how, so we have to break that down. We have to fix that. Now, I'm not saying that, oh, the only fair thing to do now is to cuss Brendan out and kick him off the show, too, because you did it to, to uh, uh, Chris. That's <laughs> well, just, why not? Why not? Why not? That'd be great television, but that's just that's just adding more negativity. Okay. But what I'm saying so is... So that would be like canceling someone because they, you know. Because you canceled the other guy. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I was racist towards the black guy, so I guess all the white guys are fired, too. It's like, what? Now this is weird. Okay. So what, what do you do instead? I, uh, I, well, one, Chris should not have been kicked off or approached like that. They should have really visited what was what went on and get a real explanation from it. And then... Yeah, there's just, that moment where Alana's like, does anyone want to know what I have to say about this? And everyone was just like, no. Yeah, everyone said no and yelled at her. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting because I don't think Alana and Chris ended up together. No. They just they just cussed him out just to get him off the show. Which uh, also, like, I will say there are some, in my opinion, problematic aspects of, of what went down between those two in general, but you know, that's a whole other topic entirely. Yeah. I don't so I mean, maybe I'm far off with this. Uh and like maybe wait, wait. Oh wait, you you were you were saying so you would get to the bottom of it, find out what really happened, then what would you do? I I'm saying get to the and and correct it and be like, why are we so mad at you? Like you mm-hmm. gotta ask yourself about these feelings and and and, and get to the bottom of it. Why do I hate you so much, Chris? <laughs> why do, why do I really why can I really stand you? It's and, really important to do that because sometimes as individuals we have these strong opinions about other individuals that don't come from anywhere logical. It's just like an inherent thing that some people are just like, I just really don't like that person. That person rubs me the wrong way. It's, it's important to like question why. 
Yeah, get to the get to the bottom of it. How the conversations? I don't think they had. I don't think they had a good conversation. It was literally just cussing them out, and then he left, which is what we try to do now in society, where we're like, we cussed you out, we can't you, you get the hell out of here, and you leave. Pretty but much, nothing solved because now you now what you did, it's okay. Imagine if you had a wild, dangerous animal, and this wild and dangerous animal, you thought you had tamed it. Or you thought it you thought it was gonna be cool and not eat and not kill the other animals in the in the in the habitat. But then it does kill a couple of the animals. And it's like you go, ah, oh, I'm so mad at you, animal, or whatever. You killed the other animals. You killed some. I thought you were gonna live peacefully with them. You have to leave. I'm throwing you out into the wild with the other animals. <laughs> Did you solve anything? No, because now you'll be out there hunting. Them. Yeah, now you go out there and kill everybody. Yeah. So, like, if someone is problematic, has racist thinking, sexist thinking, is misogynistic, whatever they may be, uh, in 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 some bringing some kind of harm to people, physical, emotional, whatever, and you just throw them out into the wild, now you just now you gonna mess everybody else up. The best thing you gotta do is. It sounds kind of bad because it sounds like I'm saying like a like a corrective society or something or a utopia, but <laughs> you have to. There has to be some form of rehabilitation. There has to be some form of of education, yeah. of domestication, and 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 fixing and not fixing people, but changing people's way of thinking to be to be uh, mindful of like the the safety of other people and, and the emotions of other people and stuff like that. So like taking this these these guy or this woman or something who has this messed up way of thinking and being like, we need to break this down so that you can live a, a fuller life and get the true experiences that you deserve because you're not thinking with this completely narrow mind, but then also by you not thinking with a completely narrow mind, you create a safer environment for everyone else. That, and then now everyone's happy. That person gets to stay. You feel better about yourself because you you taught someone something. They feel better about themselves because they learned something and everybody grew from it. First, it's just throwing them out into the wild. You still are grandstanding on your on your throne. Meanwhile, they out there killing and eating up everybody. So yeah. like it's, <laughs> like, you, it, it just doesn't make any sense like i i know it's not easy because these conversations these conversations can be hard and uncomfortable even as i'm talking and saying these things i i'm constantly in the back of my head thinking about all the moments that i've done things yeah. or in the past whether it oh, might have been two days ago or three ten years ago same like shit damn i did some fucked up shit or i didn't i didn't go back and fix the situation yeah there's a lot of times i'm i walked away from things or blew up or or solved things in the most incorrect way and now i have to deal with the repercussions of that yeah like it's like the relationship's dead lost or friendship lost, lost friendships yeah all sorts of stuff yeah it, it's not good it's not easy so like why why give up like the next time I go through this now, now I'm I it's it already feels bad. It's already hard now. So now I'm gonna do the hard work to make sure that doesn't happen again. Cause yeah. I I don't want to I don't want to be the person that is on these dating apps and I'm swiping through all the black women and Asian Asian men. Cause I I as a person who's bisexual, I have both of those people on my app, sure. and I will say that I have swiped through a couple of them sometimes, and I catch myself like, damn, I didn't even look at them. I just swipe through it. Just swipe, bam, bam, bam. Just swipe because, like, you just not even it just didn't even catch my eye because of, because well, of this inherent and, and thinking. I personally think that the swiping aspect of dating apps reduces things down to a level where it's like they're they can only be problematic. Like you, like we said, the people who have made it through these dating apps the, in their current form, 
have broken through problematic systems. I think the app is one of those systems. I think there's so much better ways that we can find to connect people than what's currently available. Yeah. I think that the swipe system is rudimentary and we're going to look back in, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever, and be like, it's ridiculous that we ever did that. Oh, it's really bad. That's going to be one of those problematic aspects of culture at this time. Because people aren't always reading the bios and getting deep, you know, deeper into the people. They're just looking at the picture. The gamification of it, too. The instant gratification of it. Yeah. It's problematic. We're we're just looking at like, oh, hot not, hot not, hot not. That's not, that's not helpful. Yeah. It literally, like, imagine a day night where it's just the bios. It's no pictures. And you literally swipe based off of bios and you find a picture out later. Or imagine a dating app where you just like are automatically in a video chat with someone and you're, and you're given a question to answer. Ugh, like a speed dating? Yeah. Ugh. But why not? You just talk to them. That'd be my nightmare. I, I, I feel like that has to exist. In fact, I know there are for a fact apps that are working on this. They're just not popular yet. Yeah, it's probably out there already. I don't yeah. know. But so what... So so where do we go from here? How do we how do we move forward? Let's wrap this up. So I'll, I'll speak for my myself, my people. Um, I think that it is it comes down to one, you have to acknowledge and analyze your own racist thinking or, or any problem types of just your thinking in general, like whether it's sexist, racist, whatever comes into your head. It's always good to just check it, check it against like, is this what I really think? Why do I think this? Um, and is this coming from a problematic place? I think then coming with to the interpersonal, you got to make sure you call out your friends when this happens, which is the hard part because like it doesn't have to be a confrontation like you're racist. It, you should really sp- fo- focus on the the exact statement that was said or the exact aspect of it that was problematic. Like you said, why do I hate this person so much? Or why why do I have a problem with what you said? Or why does this person have a problem with something I said? And then. You know, there's the whole societal element of it and the cultural element of it. But I think if you start with yourself and then also start with the people around you, that's a good place to start. Yeah. I, I mean, I would agree. <laughs> Basically, you're agreeing because I just regurgitated what yeah, you said. Yeah, 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 more or less. <laughs> Did I learn, Mike? Did I learn? I hope so. <laughs> I think you learned. But yeah, I, I, and I, it's because it's easy to say that like, oh, everything I'm saying about Bachelor in Paradise is reaching and that those none of those people were actually thinking about that, and I mean they probably I, I, weren't thinking. They about weren't it, thinking the about it. We, but what I told you before is inherent. Yeah. And what happens is whether or not that is the intention that they had, whether inherent or apparent, that is what I perceived with my experience with it. So what we need to break down and what we need to get rid of is even the 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 ability for me to come to that conclusion. Cause it, cause it could be the same way. Like you and I could be having a conversation, and there could be a black person on the side of me, and I'm fine with what you're saying. But what they hear between what we're saying makes them uncomfortable, and they say there was that was a that was some racist thinking within that conversation. They're uncomfortable. Yes, it yes it didn't offend me, Mike Thompson, but if it offended them, that's something still we need to fix. Yeah, or you know sometimes people have different perspectives on things. And both could be to some degree true. So it's the conversation of it and the reconciling of that difference is where the magic happens or the the conflict is resolved. Because not everyone is going to think the same way. And the goal of society should not be for everyone to think the same way. The goal of society should be for everyone to come together and discuss things and come to a mutually 
agreeable solution mm-hmm. on every topic. And just make sure it's ba- your your disagreements are based on some real shit. Yeah, it's not based on not some superficial messed up institutions, or what some dude on the radio told you to think, or a podcast. <laughs> hey, we, we, this is all up for interpretation, I guess. So, quick little update: we watched the latest episode of Bachelor in Paradise because we had to see if they we were right or wrong about our assessments and our our prejudices of the cast. Right. We and we had to check ourselves to see for sure. And so from where I was sitting, it looks like how I thought it was going to play out is how it went down in the episode because how people whether they were pushed or forced to, it took a lot to defend Natasha versus Jacinia. It took it, it took Jacinia just like appearing there for like them to come to her in defense. Two, uh, everyone was definitely more reluctant to call out Brendan than they were Chris. Chris seemed very effortless. So I don't know. I'm I'm still seeing I'm still seeing an issue here. Yeah, there. it was it was interesting how how it took like. Five women all coming to Joe to kind of validate how Natasha was feeling and saying, hey, you know, there's a double standard here. And then Joe to reluctantly go confront Brendan about it when everyone, I think they openly admit in the episode, they're like, well, everyone liked Brendan. So everyone was kind of just going to give him a pass. But then we realize it's sort of the same thing. We just treated it differently because everyone hated Chris right away. Yeah. And it, see, and here's the thing is that it's, I understand because like, what I'm saying is not definitive and not absolute. Like I'm not I'm not saying that all of them intentionally like, you know what, we don't like Chris because he's partly Asian, and we don't like Natasha because she's dark-skinned black woman. Right. That's not what is occurring here. But just how we naturally operate and how we perceive people, like Natasha will be able to bounce back. Like that, that's the kind of energy I got. Mm-hmm. They thought she'd be able to bounce back from it is e- easier than Jacinia would. Then also the idea that Chris is just he's just there's nothing likable about him. There's no there's no we can't even give him throw him a bone. He's just a sleaze ball. It's not it's not even about love. It's not about him making a bad decision. He's just a sleaze ball. Meanwhile, everybody is doing sleaze ball shit on the show consistently. That's like the whole premise. Of the show. <laughs> so true, true. Uh, yeah, everyone everyone on there has like hopped from another person to another person. So I don't understand their arguments. Also, we I don't want to throw away the fact that all of the most of the women that were complaining were all like the bitter women that got rejected. So like well, they were just Brendan basically said that when he was like like um, st- steaming to Piper and, and kind of letting off you know af- after the confrontation he was basically like all of them are just bitter and Natasha had zero chance with like anyone here which I felt like See, that was a little low blow in my opinion. What does that sentence mean? That's what that's where I'm going back to our whole my whole theory about how we perceive people in like this inherent deep racist thinking that people can't get rid of. He said she has no chance with anyone. Why why is she the only one that has no chance? Now I I understand that there's another black woman on there. There's a couple of uh, biracial women, mm-hmm. but they are light skinned. So like you gotta think of the issues of colorism. But the fact that he's like Natasha has no chance. These other women have a chance. Even though they uh I think some of them got sent home too. Well and uh, and not only that, it just it disrupts his argument, his earlier argument where it's like we had a connection. Ultimately what I had with Piper was better. Um 
he, he kind of, you know, makes that argument null and void when he says she had no chance with anyone. So it's like, so then you're saying nothing you had with Natasha was real. Oh, he did say it wasn't romantic. He said, he, he said, it, it, I thought it was going to be there, but it wasn't rom- the romantic emotion wasn't there or whatever. He admits to that. Sure. But so like, it's just, it's just very interesting. The dynamics are, are just uh, uncomfortable. And I feel like the producers of the show have to be aware of that, which is why they like, in the ads, you know, spoiler alert, who gives a shit, that they like, they like give her a rose. Mm-hmm. They like make sure she stays on because they don't want to you know it's a bad look if uh, she ends up going home because of this stupid bullshit. Right. They just get rid of the only like dark skinned black woman on, on the show. After the other one self eliminated. After the other one self eliminated. They just all, they like, they all have no chance with anyone. Why do they have no chance? Um, right. It looks bad. But. In in the ultimate validation of your, of our entire thesis with this whole argument, so Natasha gets a second chance at love, and who does she end up going on a date with? An Asian man. Another Asian man. I thought that was See, really they interesting. Know, they don't. They they know what they're doing. They read the statistics just like we did, and they're trying to. They, and they're pairing the two least likely people to the least likely desired people. Uh, based off of these whack ass statistics and people's whack ass quick uh, emotions when using day naps, and they put the Asian man with the dark skinned black woman, they're like, oh, let's see if they're gonna have a love and rekindle it. But the, you can't, that's Bachelor in Paradise, so you know they gotta be shady. So they made sure he was like the best friend of Brendan. Yeah, I know, right? And he's like, why'd it have to be Brendan? Why'd it have to be Brendan? Even even in that moment, he he defended Brendan. And I was like, yeah. he could have just let it go and just got to know her better. But I think he could kind of tell that she wasn't into it when he was came to Brendan's defense. She was like, uh oh, no, I'm down. They basically I mean, were like, She needs to let it she needs to just let it slide though. She needs to move on. It's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, Brendan wasn't her like exclusive boyfriend. She's putting too much on it. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see which what I, ends up happening there. I, sure. I honestly like I don't know. Speaking from my own experience, I think people like that, like we end up self destructing or you end up like self being self defeating because you're like you just you just accept the fact that like look uh, he probably this this doctor dude Asian doctor dude wasn't that into me anyway. So this is just another reason for for he's gonna easily shut me down now. So she's mm. just like whatever, let's move on. Mm-hmm. She didn't even fight for it. So I already knew this wasn't gonna go well when you saw that big margarita glass that they were drinking. Did you did you, did you notice that? Yes. Uh I mean she's there's a whole bunch of moods that she gives me, but Yes, that moment where she's like sipping, she's like sipping the tequila tea. There's a classic shot where she's like <laughs> sipping the tequila, and it was it. I I said it to you. I was like, oh, this is this is juicy. Well, we should post it. Um, ever for everyone listening, you should check it out on our Instagram, uh, Black Man Right World on Instagram. It it it's a classic shot. The margarita class could not have been bigger. You're going to do a picture I send to people when I'm just they're like, how do you feel about this? That picture. <laughs> send that photo. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's sad and it'll end like the, it always ends. The Bachelor in Paradise never has a happy ending for the, the, the black people. Um, so like, well, we'll see. Riley, Riley, and uh, Marissa—they no, have there are hope. There are only hope, Mike. Their their whole relationship is sexually charged, so yeah, that's not going to work out either. It's just it's just interesting 
to see the next step of what played out. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think I think we I understand we got to be careful with with labeling certain things as as having tinges of racism or prejudice or or deeply rooted uh negative emotions like behind it but i i i don't know it is what it is i saw what i saw this show is produced and the show is cut up to a certain way to make everything look that way but even if it didn't happen naturally on the show the producers cut it up to look that way which still means that it is how media likes things to be perceived so right there's there is uh, a there's an element of editorial bias to it one way or the other there's an element of what we're talking there's an element of what we're talking about here either way thank you for listening to black man in the right world if you like what you heard please like comment subscribe or leave us a five-star review for more go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld@gmail.com. at gmail.com thanks for listening bye, bye.